If you're just if you're just tuning in, welcome to Staining 101. This is just a podcast slash webinar type of a thing we're doing on Thursday nights. And so start tuning in. And I'll be honest, we're going to package all these up and put them in a place where everybody can find them. So we have sort of a knowledge uh, library. And this is, again, this is my experience, what I do. And later on, I want to start bringing guys like Kenny Dugan, the stain man, on. I want to start bringing other guys. So start keeping in mind who you might want to have come on here. So um, we've got a Q&A thing here. So if you've got a question, you can answer, ask a question. You can raise your hand. Um, you can also be sure to say in the chat box who you are, where you're from, what you, what you do, um, just so everybody knows. And um, we'll go from there. And I will do a Q&A at the end. So the very end of this thing, we're going to do a Q&A. And I'm going to cover some stuff that we covered in the last one. If you, if you were at the original, the, the webinar we did a couple of weeks ago, Staining University, we had close to 100 people uh, on that one throughout the entirety of it. And it was two hours long, which is crazy that everybody stayed that long. But um, this one here is probably going to be a little shorter, probably going to cut it in half, 45 to 60 minutes and we're going to take questions at the end. But so I am going to cover ground we've already covered, but I do have some extra stuff that I'm going to call it bonus material that I didn't cover before uh, at the end of this one to kind of get the wheels turning for some of you guys. Um, and again, some of you guys are going to, this is going to be old news and some of you guys, it's going to be new stuff. So welcome again, everybody. The, the room's starting to fill up. So I'm just going to dig right in and I'm going to tell you who I am. <clears throat> I know, I know there's power wash guys in this webinar right now. There's fence guys, there's painters, there's guys who have never had any industry experience. Who I am is I grew up in a family fence company. So since I was a little teeny tiny boy, I was in the fence business. My family was in the fence business. And so I grew up in the trades of fence building. Um, so that's what I did until I was grown. Um, and went to work for my dad when I was 18, thought it was the easiest thing in the world because the first sales job I went on, the lady bought from me and she bought the most expensive fence that we offered. And I just thought, man, this is easy. So a long story short, ran the family fence business for years and years. So I'd understand the fence lingo, understand the fears that a lot of guys in the fencing business have about staining wood and how it's a big liability or it could, people were worried about getting stained on cars or messing stuff up. I know the horror stories that people have had, but we also know a way around a lot of that stuff. So if you're feeling a little anxiety about the, you know, adding staining on to your fence business, I can help you get through that because it's, it's really, uh, it's not that bad. And so anyways, about 2012, I just, it was like a sign from God come down and told me to start staining fences and I didn't know anything about it. So I went to Texas to do one of those classes, the wood defender class and learned a lot of stuff down there. It was very eye-opening and started a stain business. And, um, you know, the rest is kind of history. But so I did it as a, as a dual thing. I ran the fence business and the stain company, two parallel companies uh, for a couple of years. And in 2015, went full-time at it. And it's just been gangbusters ever since. And a lot of you also know we manufacture our own stains and sealers. A lot of people say we private label them, but we don't. We manufacture everything in-house um to our specifications to my specifications we started making stain 
because I had problems with other stains and I wanted to fix those problems. So I made them the way I wanted them and messed up along the way. It was a lot of trial and error, but we got it down to what we wanted, more color, more things. And um, so now here we are teaching guys how to use stains and how to get into the stain business. So uh, that's a very abbreviated version of where, who I am, but that is it. So today we operate um, stain and sewer experts and we've got you know, quite a few field crews that are out in the trenches every single day, staining fences, decks, doing wood restoration. And we've got a whole team of people that know that business and do it uh, from different perspectives. We've got people that work for us like Michael Taylor. He's our um, operations manager. He's power wash guy turned stain guy turned stain and so expert. Um, and so we got a bunch of different guys from different industries. So you can kind of come at this from different angles. And we got people here that that have come from it. We got painters on staff that were painters. Now they're stain contractors or working in our company as stainers. We've got um, HVAC guys who are working with us. We've got welding guys. Uh, we've got um, guys who are roofers. You name it. A lot of people work in our company and they've all made the transition really easily. So if you're worried about the transition, it's not a hard one. Uh, in fact, most of you, if you're a fence guy or a roofer, you're going to think that staining fences is probably the easiest job you've ever done because it's it's a lot easier than uh, breaking rock out with a rock bar. Um, it's a lot easier than carrying the bag of concrete on your shoulder or, you know, unload a trailer load of pickets across a yard. So staining is pretty easy. And if you're interested, let's get started. So overview. I want to just go over kind of some of the chapters here, and I did not include in this overview the bonus stuff I'm going to talk about. So if you've been here and you've seen this webinar, these are the same, some of the same chapters. This is a really a much shorter version than our last webinar or our last slideshow, but we're going to go deeper into each one of these topics. We just grazed over the top of them last time. We're going to go deeper this time. And then I've got a two, two or three bonus pages that I want to talk about. Um, and I'll, I'll give you some more info as we go on that. A lot of it has to do with scaling uh, your business and finding niches in the staining business. So that may be something you're interested in. But we're going to talk about the industry. We're going to talk about what you can stain, how to get started, who you can stain for. And I want to do a little bit on gaining customers and marketing. This is not a marketing webinar. That will probably be one that we do next week or the week after. Um, and then I'll just, I can't do this without touching a little bit on our free app and talking about some of our, of our stains and sealers that we make, just so you know. And then at the end, we got a big offer for you guys. So some of you new guys, um, if you're new to this, we got an offer for you at the end, a free offer. Um, so let's dig in. The industry. So how big is the stain industry? A lot of, a lot of people I see worry about um, being having competition, worried about, man, there's another guy across town who stains. And um, so this is going to shed a little light on the industry, just so you, so you know. So the global woods coating market is valued uh, in 2018 at $7.8 billion. And it's projected in 2018, it was projected um, to hit $11.98 billion by 2025, according to market research or a company called Allied Market Research. And I think with the rising cost of lumber and, and things of that nature, those lumber markets and commodities, that it's going to be even bigger by 2025, probably 15 to 20 billion, because as we see lumber prices go up, we see coatings becoming more prevalent because people are trying to restore and maintain what they have. 
So the point being the pie, this huge pie, everybody wants their piece of the pie. The pie is really big. And the more people that sit down at the table to eat pie, the pie just grows. Every time somebody sits down, it's like it grows. Um, so I don't want you guys thinking at, at this with uh, the mindset of um, that, you know, there's less, it, the more people that sit down that there's less, it can be that to some extent in some markets that are just crazy nuts. But most of, most of you guys don't live in that market. Dallas is really the biggest, nastiest, craziest stain market. And we got a guy on here right now tonight. He's killing it in Dallas and lots of guys can do that. Um, probably Dallas, even though it's competitive is a really good market to be in because it's well, it's a well-known service. It's a service people are buying. And, and so they don't have to, uh, educate as much as we do here in Tennessee or in different places. So many of you come from underdeveloped markets, touching on what I just talked about, and can be you can be the original staining contractor in your market. If not the original, you can be the one who really mainstreams the market in, in your market. So I was not the first guy in Nashville to stain fences. We hired subcontractors out a few times off and on back in the early 2000s in our fence business to stain fences. And we knew nothing about it. All we knew is this guy was coming around and he said for, uh, I don't know, five or six bucks a foot, he'll stain fences for us. And um, we hired him to do a few, but weren't we didn't know anything about it and didn't pursue it. Uh, but point being, when we started our staining business in Nashville and really pushed hard, really marketed hard, it has really created a staining market here in Nashville. We're starting to see a lot more competitors come in, but we're also seeing the market, some of the pricing go up uh, because there is more people in it and they understand the business. There's more education nowadays. So people aren't really, uh, I'm not seeing a lot of cutthroat stuff. Um, like we used to see. So, so competition can be good. Um, highly developed markets, like I said earlier, like Dallas, Fort Worth, like Omaha, Nebraska, like Oklahoma City. Um, some of those markets have grown complacent. And what we've seen in the last few years um, is guys that come in, maybe you get one guy that comes into a really a market that's just everybody's bidding things super cheap. Um, and a new, the new kid on the block comes in and he just he just nails it because he's got better marketing. He's gotten wrapped trucks. He's got maybe better processes. Maybe he's a little more into business and understanding and learning his business. And somebody can walk into those markets like Dallas or Oklahoma City and really crush it uh, just because guys tend to get complacent sometimes in some of these markets that are developed. So if you're in an undeveloped market or an overdeveloped market, I say go for it. And if you can really hone your craft and your business sense, you can really do well in a market, no matter what kind of market it is. So let's move on. The wood. So, to, so, so tonight's webinar was to speak about what can you stain? And I know that seems like the silliest thing, um, but some of you guys may not know. So I wanted to talk about it a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skim over this right here. And then later when we go into the niches, we're going to dig deep. So what can I stain and seal? Um, there are many opportunities and here's some of the most common ones. You got fencing, decking. We all know about those fences, decks. And then now a big one that's coming, coming on pretty strong is old fence and deck restoration because of the lumber shortages. In Nashville, our, our business over the last three months, we've noticed a decline in fence staining not a ton. We're still standing fences every week, but a decline. And at the same time, we've seen an incline um, 
index staining. So we've got all these people wanting to save their deck because they got a quote for a new deck and it's four times what they expected. Um, while at the same time, fencing lumber is less available uh, here in our market in Nashville. And so that's what we're seeing. We're seeing more deck jobs and um, that's just the way it is. We got to roll with the punches and that's, that's how it goes. Um, so if you're a fence builder and you can't, maybe you've been building fences for five years and you can't get lumber at, at least as much lumber as you need, start staining your old fences. You've built a couple hundred fences over the last few years. Go back to that customer list and offer this service, and it will be a way you can keep your guys busy. You can get cash flow, and you can, again, take control of your business instead of letting lumber shortages or commodities and things like that control your business for you. So um, pergolas, I don't see a lot of pergolas in our market, but I know other markets like Texas, um, there's some places where these things are huge. Utah, the pergolas are big, California. Um, so if you're in a market with a lot of pergolas, you should definitely look into that. If you don't know what it is, look it up. It's a pergola. It's uh, it's not the funnest thing in the world to stain, but it is something you can charge a premium price for because it's a premium. It's a premium thing to start with, and it's also a premium service when you go to stain it. Patio covers. There's guys who do nothing but patio covers. Um, so if you're in a market where they got a lot of patio covers, maybe you should look at at doing those. Um, Tennessee did not have patio covers five years ago. Dallas has had them probably for 25 or 30 years. The past couple of years, we're starting to get patio covers here in Tennessee. So there's a, there's an opportunity here for somebody to become that guy. Um, and it's probably the same in every one of your markets to become that guy that does patio covers. So, and if you don't know what a patio cover is, it's basically a, um, it's a, a structure that covers a patio that's generally all wood frame, all wood construction, tongue and groove ceiling or exposed beams, uh, cedar post. Uh, and it, it usually ties into the house or sometimes they're freestanding, but it's just basically like an outdoor kitchen with it's the roof. It's that structure that covers that outdoor kitchen or that outdoor living area. Uh, and it's usually not screened in. We got gazebos. Um, on the lake, if you got a lake near you, there's a ton of gazebos on the lake. You got gazebos in some markets, so you could be that guy. Shutters, shutters is a big one. Um, in our market here in Tennessee, we don't really focus on these, but there's a ton of shutters. Every single house, you go through certain neighborhoods and every house has got wooden or cedar shutters. And that's a maintenance item that's gotta be addressed every couple of years. And if they're done right, um, they're really easy to get on and off and stain. And if they're not done right, they're really easy to convert to a way that they can come off and stain. And I wouldn't be surprised if somebody somewhere uh, could really do well with shutters, uh, shutter staining. So boat docks and railing. I talk to some guys um, every week that are in, in territories where they have boat docks after boat docks after boat docks. Usually these are coastal areas. These are areas um, with a lot of water. These are areas like Florida where they have swamps, South Georgia where they have swamps or Charleston, South Carolina, they've got swampy or marshy areas and they got miles and miles of, of um, docking and walking paths that are boardwalks, maybe you call them, that are suspended over water. Huge opportunity there. With that opportunity, uh, there's, there's premium, uh, that's a premium service, but it's a, it's something that you got to be good at because you're working over a waterway. So you got to, you got to dig into that and learn your local regulations, 
laws, things of that nature with your waterways. So, and then last, last here on my list, we've got pre-staining. Some of you guys have no intention of getting a sprayer ever for a brush and a roller ever on a job site. You just want to, you're just here to figure out how to pre-stain your lumber because when you go to the supply house, the boards are pre-stained. So can you save money by staining them yourself? Um, can you save time by staining them yourself? Can you make more money staining them yourself with custom colors? And the answer to all of that is yes, you can definitely do that. So stay tuned. I am on my last quart of water to be a gallon in today. So you guys keep rooting for me. I do have a question here. Um, and uh, I'll get to that at the end for you, Brett. I'm watching and I'll get that. So how do I begin? So a lot of you guys want to know how to get started in the stain market, how to get started in the stain business. What do you do? Um, and I'm going to graze over this one because most of you guys have probably already been here and seen this. But there's three ways that I tell guys that you can start staining um, fences or start staining decks or do whatever. Three ways to get in the staining business. The, the number one way is to get on the Staining University Facebook page and find a contractor in your area and refer him. If you are a fence guy and you build fences, you know a couple of things. And if you build decks, you know a couple of things. You know they're going to warp, you know they're going to twist, and you know they're going to eventually rot. And so what can we do to stop that and make my fences look better is I can, I can have a business card. I can take a business card and give it to every homeowner I do and say, Hey, we built your fence in 30 days. Have this guy stain it for you. Whatever you do, have this guy stain it and it's going to last longer. And, and there's all kinds of perks you can add on or whatever. But at the end of the day, you're helping out your homeowner, you're helping out the contractor and your jobs are going to look better. They're going to stand up longer. They're going to just be better overall because it was stained. So that's a great way to do it. Um, and I'm going to read this out loud here just to make sure I didn't miss anything. But by referring a stain contractor, you may not make any money, but your fence jobs will look better, be less likely to warp, and you will be giving more value to your clientele. So if you're the guy who does this, you can charge more money. If you're a power wash guy and you're washing houses and fences and decks and you're doing the soft wash on everything, well, once you clean it, then what? It's going to turn gray again. It's going to, it's going to get mold on it again and mildew over time. So again, if you're a power wash guy, refer that contractor out there, find somebody in your area and give the business card out. Hey, I power washed your fence. Here's a card, get this guy to stain it and do it quick because it's going to turn gray again if you don't. And you still will be able to do those maintenance washes if you're a power wash guy and you're concerned about that. So even with it stained, you can still maintenance it. Just a few subtle variances you got to do to your system and you'll still be able to maintenance those jobs. Second thing, number two, hire a subcontractor. So the same guy you've been referring out, maybe you've been watching him for six months and you realize, hey, this guy's good. I want to, I want to hire this guy, hire him as a subcontractor and a good subcontractor can be a great thing. It will add revenue to your business without much overhead and without much, uh, you know, you don't get to buy a truck. You don't get to buy hire people. You don't get to buy tools. You just send this guy out here and he handles it. So if you've got a good subcontractor, use him. And basically for those that don't know what a subcontractor is, basically if um, I'm, 
a, a contractor who builds fences, who stains fences, or excuse me, builds fences, builds decks, power washes, whatever. And I come across a job that I built and they want it stained, or I'm quoting this up front. I give them a price for a fence, and then I give them a price to have it stained. The, and let's let's just say that um, for for argument's sake, I'm charging um, eighty cents a square foot to to have the fence stained, and I know my subcontractor is going to charge me sixty cents a square foot. Well, now I've made twenty cents a square foot on the job. That's probably somewhere around twenty five percent markup margin, and the customer gets a great job. I handle the, the, the stuff because I'm the main contractor and my sub, he just comes in, he brings the stain, he stains the job. I write him a check, the homeowner writes me a check and everybody's happy. Um, it's a great thing. A lot of fence companies are already using subcontractors for most of their labor. Um, power wash guys, I don't think are as much into subcontracting. Uh, it's just not part of that industry like it is in the fencing or the deck building industry. But it's still something you could do. So if you had a good subcontractor, you could send him as many jobs a week as he'll take, and you could definitely add quite a bit of money to your bottom line. So if you got any questions about being a subcontractor, I want to do a whole pod or a whole podcast or maybe a webinar on that and touch on it. But the main thing when you're hiring a subcontractor is is you got to realize because I've been the contractor and I've been the subcontractor and what you got to realize it's got to be good for both parties if it's not good for one or the other or if it's leaning really heavy towards one guy and not the other it's not a good thing you need to pay your subs well you need to um, take in as a subcontractor you need to really take care of the contractor you're working for if you do him right he will do you right and everybody wins the customer is really the one who we're uh, we're doing right so uh, keep that in mind. The third thing you can do is you can start your own crew. You can definitely start your own crew. Um, start from scratch. It's a new service you want to offer to your business. I know there's guys on here right now who have started from scratch or added this onto their current business and they're here to learn more. So if, if you've done that, save those questions up at the end and we'll get to them. But if you start your own crew, you can definitely do it. There's a lot of resources available. The Staining University um, Facebook group, I can't emphasize enough. It's the biggest staining group in the world and it's clean. Uh, you're not going to hear a lot of cussing. You're not going to hear a lot of people uh, just acting like knuckleheads like they do in other groups. We kick those guys out because we want to keep a clean, family free, uh, family friendly, lady friendly uh, environment. So you can go there and you can actually ask a question without being shot with a thousand arrows. So, um, and, and it's really good because if you got a question, you can get an answer pretty quick. But 3,000 guys, it's really active. And if you're bidding a job, something you're not familiar with, everybody knows the resident log home guy. Everybody knows the deck guy. Everybody knows the hardwood guy. Everybody goes knows the fencing guys. And you can ask questions and get an answer pretty quick as you start your new business. So the clientele, now we're getting into the who can we work for. Um, this is all basic stuff, and I think most of you know this, but I'm going to cover it anyways, You just, just to kind of go over some of the stuff. And I'm going to go a little deeper than what this said, and I'm just going to brainstorm it as I go because I did not prepare for this section. I typically fly by the seat of my pants. That's just my personality type. So I'm just going to brainstorm some stuff as I'm going here. So, um, so who can I work for? You can work for anybody with a wooden fence, deck, pergola, patio cover, shutters, or other wood exterior 
uh, exterior wood at their home or business. That pretty much sums up everything. Um, but here's, let's just go through this list here and see if we can come up with some extra ones. So fencing and decking contractors, that's a no brainer, right? That's obvious. Landscapers, landscaping guys, how many, if you mow grass or do landscaping, how many backyards are you in a, a week? If you're a small company, you might be doing five or 10 yards a day. If you're a big operator, you might be doing, you might have crews that do 200 yards a day. Um, it's not unheard of. And those guys have uh, a ton of, they're, they're talking to people. So get to know those guys. Roofers. And, and a lot of you guys are going roofers. Yeah, roofers. Because roofers, here's why with roofers. Roofers are the guy that they call when a hell storm comes through town. Um, and hell will destroy the roof. And it will also destroy the fence. And some of these roofing contractors have gotten really smart and slick. And they've figured out that insurance will pay them for the roof to replace the roof. But they'll also pay them to just go ahead and take care of the fence too. And they will subcontract a stain company to come out to bleach and power wash the fence. And then they come back and restain it. And they're bleaching it because it's the cheap thing that they want done. It pops the, the dents out of the wood. And then they go back and restain it. So... Uh, if you know some roofers that do insurance work, you better get to know them. General contractors. Um, obviously, general contractors run the gamut of everything. I mean, they might be doing any type of work. And if you get a couple, maybe half a dozen really good general contractors that know you by name as a staining contractor, they're going to send you some work. Um, general contractors have not been the golden egg for me. Um, because they're generally doing so much different things, but they still do a very good job. Um, and back, you know, with roofers, I said insurance jobs, insurance agents. If, if I were a new guy, I would call every insurance company in town and give them my card, take them donuts, do whatever, and tell them, hey, I know you get fences that are damaged by wind and you got to build up, you know, two new panels and the homeowners want it to match. You need a stain contractor. I'm your guy. Here's my card. Here's a box of donuts. Uh, you guys call me if you need me. Um, again, painting contractors, pretty obvious. A lot of painting contractors will paint inside of a house. They'll paint outside of a house, but they do not want to. They'll kind of do decks. Some of them kind of like to do decks. Most of them, it's kind of 50-50. But most painting contractors I run into, they don't want to do a fence. And here's why. They, they, they use products from Sherwin-Williams or Home Depot or paint stores, PPG, Kelly Moore, uh, Benjamin Moore, and most of the products that those big places make, they, uh, they have to be back brushed. They have to be back rolled They're, They have, they make lap marks. You got to be really good to do it. And it's slow. So these guys are going really slow and they just don't like to do fences. If they knew about the stains like we make and a couple other companies make that don't require back brushing on fences and that can be that self level that don't leave lap and run marks that might change for painting contractors. Uh, but Having said that, if you know some painting contractors, you can probably do all the fences that they don't want to do, or you can be a sub for them. So in power wash companies, some power wash companies, they want to take every stain job they can get. And some power wash companies, they don't want anything to do with it. So again, if you can give your business card out to them, they will, they will take good care of you. And when you give them their, your card, give them quite a few cards. Um, let's think who else. Uh, if you guys can think of anything else, anybody else that's just off the wall and weird to stain for, 
put it in the box here, uh, put it in the chat box, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that. But I just I just saw yeah we use a subcontractor. I'm scrolling through some of the notes here, some of the chat. Somebody here just did an insurance stain job for a fence, so looks like we're on base. But more is HOAs, uh, property management companies, boat marinas. I see here Brock Hensley. I appreciate that. Realtors. Government contracts are available for stain work at many different levels. We quoted just plan because we got a government contracting um, system. We, we got set up where we could be a government contractor. And I was checking some of the bids out, some of the, the bids that were available. And we bid on uh, staining a Coast Guard cutter deck, uh, you know, so we didn't get the job. I didn't think we would, but I wanted that experience bidding it. And so just so you know, there's there's fencing going on at Air Force bases, at military bases, government facilities, all kind of things like that that need to be stained, need to be maintained. If you go to a national park or a state park, generally everything's made out of wood. The guardrails are wooden, the post, the signposts are wooden. Somebody's staining those. It may be the Forest Service, but it may not be. Um, I know we used to do some work, some fencing work for uh, Tennessee State Parks, and we did the work they didn't. So you never know. State parks, government agencies, um, you know, there's all kind of stuff. And we talked about realtors earlier. Realtors are great. Um, play set manufacturers, RV parks. Um, you know, if you get in with a property management companies is a is a big thing. So I'm going to break down some of the subcategories in property management companies. Property management companies run homeowners associations. Once some homeowners associations are run by the neighborhood and then others are ran by huge property management companies that might have 5,000 neighborhoods that they manage. And they might also be um, property managers that manage uh, hospitality. So hotels, um, motels, things like that. Sometimes they have fencing. Sometimes they have wood on the outside of the building. You've got um, again, neighborhoods, you've got condominium associations, you've got apartment complexes, um, all of those things are ran by management companies. You've got restaurants, you know, the Texas Roadhouse, I know a guy not too far from me, and they stain all the Texas Roadhouses that you see. Um, they travel all over the world doing it. They put their guys on airplanes, fly them out the truck, and then they ship the, the tools where they need to be, and, and they stain Texas Roadhouses. So there's a lot of, a lot of restaurants that through property management have a lot of stain work done. And here's a big one that nobody's talking about is architects. If you're a fence builder, you probably don't like architects very much. When I was in the fence business, I loved architects because I knew a couple of things were going to happen. They were going to send me some kind of crazy design that nobody wanted to touch working for somebody, a, a man or a woman who was probably a little bit eccentric and had a lot of money and wanted something just crazy off the wall different. Um, but the thing about it that nobody thought about was those people were willing to pay for that. So when I was a fence guy, that was my, that was my bread and butter was I, we worked with a lot of architects that did high end work in Nashville and we were building picket fences for $150 a foot back 10 years ago when everybody else was building six foot privacy fences for 10, 12, $13 a foot. So, um, and most of those jobs will require painting of the fence, staining of the fence. They'll, they'll, you know, there's pre-stain opportunities there with, with architects. Um, and if you just go make friends with a lot of architects, 
it could really be a big payoff. So keep that in mind. Let's see who else. Anybody else? Playground manufacturers. Playset manufacturers are a good thing, but they usually do. Uh, they usually do um, pre-finishing. They they generally have a pre-finished line, and it's water-based. Um, but there's definitely opportunity with the people who sell play sets because those people are the guys that get the callbacks for the two-year-old, the three-year-old play set that needs restained. That's where you come in. Uh, the Dutch barn builders, if you've seen the little barns, uh, those need it. You can, you can talk with sawmills. A lot of these guys that have smaller to medium sawmills, they sell lumber. They need somebody. People always ask them, hey, where can we get stained or who can stain it for us? Um, so those have all been good to us over the years. So take that in mind. Hopefully that's, if that's, if you want me to go deeper, I think we can, uh, we can, we can go deeper, but Zach here, uh, down in Texas is talking about mobile home parks. Uh, everyone gets sold a deck. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, and mobile home parks are generally managed by property management companies that have a lot of money. There's private equity going into that right now. And it's a huge thing. It's a, it's, there's a bubble kind of creating. And if you don't know what private equity is, basically it's kind of, uh, so private equity is, is people who have a lot of money. They gotta, they gotta invest it somewhere. So they don't, so it grows and they're investing a lot of them right now in mobile home parks because it's very profitable for them. Um, but part of that plan, if you know anything about multifamily real estate is you buy a property and then you fix it up. And when you fix the property up, you can, you, you do two things, you increase the value and you can raise the rent. So the plan with multifamily is to buy the property at a great price, increase the value by building fencing and decking and plumbing and light, you know, light fixtures, painting, putting in playgrounds, whatever, but decking and fencing is on that list and staining and sealing those decks or restoring old decking that may have been there five years ago that was built five or 10 years ago. And they need somebody to come in and spruce things up and make it look great. So um, if you can, if you can pick up stuff like that, Again, that's going to come through property management companies and they need you. They're already buying that service. So find the right companies and, uh, and there you go. You'll be, you'll be right there where you need to be with those companies. But mobile home, uh, people who run mobile homes, parks, great thing. I know it doesn't. I know most people are thinking mobile homes. You, you mean a trailer park? Yep. I'm talking about a trailer park. So tons of money there. That's like I said, private equity money's going into that right now. I've got a good friend in one of my business groups that that's all they do. And it's booming right now. So that trailer park might just pay off for you. Um, so we're going to talk about gaining customers. Marketing is the area I wasn't going to go very deep in tonight. So I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I am going to cover it because we're going to cover this again later in more depth. But how, how do you get people to do business with you? So people do business with you because they know you. How can you help them find out about you? Um, so obviously, you know me here um, and you didn't know me before. So what did I do to, to get you here? We did something that's marketing. We, we marketed uh, something to get you here and uh, to try to help you guys. And obviously, at the end of the day, you guys will help us too. So the number one thing I recommend as a new contractor who's just starting out is, is not Facebook ads. It is not uh, Google AdWords. It's not building a $10,000 website. Uh, it's not Instagram. 
it's nothing it's uh nothing that you're going to think it's old school it's super old school it's not yard signs it is not uh any of those things it is simply to call and visit every fence builder every deck builder every power washer every proper property manager in your market and stay in contact with them if you do that they can't stop you facebook can pull the plug on you the internet can crash cell phones can go down but if you're calling people on their landline their business phone and you're making personal visits they can't stop that they're going to know you handwritten cards things of that nature the old school stuff there's a reason the old school stuff worked back in the day uh, i think it's real important for us to be looking at back at what we did to get business back 10 20 30 40 50 or 100 years ago and you know you talk to joe everest at ozark fence who's third generation uh fence company and he says well I asked him that question. I said, how did, how do you, how did your grandpa get work? He said, well, he ate at the diner every day. He was at the ball games. He was going and seeing people locally making personal visits. And that's important. It's stuff we don't do anymore because we think everything's on Facebook, uh, on YouTube, on TikTok. but actually the personal visits, the phone calls, I feel is the most important thing to become omnipresent in your market, to be everywhere in your market. So, and this is with the people that you can work for back to this list. Who can I work for? Anybody with a wooden fence, deck contractors, fence contractors, landscapers. If you go see every one of these, you're going to do well. And here's how you do even better with that. You get their phone number. And then once a week, you send them a text message saying, Hey, Hope you're doing well, man. Just wanted to show you this job we stained. Send them a picture of a fence you stained. Send them a picture of a deck you stained next week. Send them a picture of a fence you cleaned before and after the week after. And if you do that, that's a lot of work. A lot of guys are going, wow, if, if I do that to every fence builder, every deck builder, that may be a couple hundred guys in my market. You're darn right. It's a lot of work. But one thing it's going to do, it's going to get you a lot of work. Because if you build fence, you know, every time you hand somebody the keys to their new wooden fence, the first thing the customer asks is, when should I stain it? And do you stain it? And if they don't stain, they're going to have your business card in their back pocket. And if they forget their business, your business card, like most guys do, they never carry the business card. Uh, if you've been texting them once a week, uh, I'll tell you one thing they are going to have in their back pocket is their cell phone. And they're saying, yeah, actually I do. I've got a stain guy right here. Let me look him up. Here's his number. Um, call Ryan at Ryan Stain and Seal. Uh, here's his number. And that's why you do that. That's that's when it pays off. I've got guys, I've not done that personally because we have other guys selling now, but I've not done that personally in probably three years. And I've still got companies that just, it, my cell phone blows up every day. Hey, Volunteer Fence gave me your phone number. Hey, KNC Fence gave me your phone number. Hey, Prince's Fence gave me your phone number. That's old relationships that I fostered that are still, they're still producing fruit. It's like planting a seed. Uh, and, and if you nourish that seed and let the tree grow, it will produce fruit forever. Um, so make those phone calls, make those personal visits. It, it is definitely um, the most powerful thing. I think it's the most powerful sales tool I think you can have. So next call, uh, let's see here. Next thing you can do, let's just go down the list. Call all the fencing, lumber, paint, power wash, 
supply stores, make the introduction, leave business cards, stay in contacts. Uh, so I used to be the guy I would, here's a, here's a box of cards right here. I would go, I would keep boxes of these in my truck and I had no shame. If I was going out to eat somewhere, I'm going to have a stack of cards. When I go for lunch, I kind of look around, I set up a pile of 10, 20 cards on the desk there. I go to the lumber store. I need to get a, a moisture meter or a hammer or some nails or a two by four. I'm going to throw a stack of cards on the thing. And usually I just ask them, Hey, we stain fences and stuff like that. Do you mind if I leave a card here? You guys sell wood. Would it be okay if I left my, my card here? And they'll go, Oh yeah. Or they'll say, yeah, go put it on the clipboard over here. Um, so nothing wrong with that power wash store. Go drop your card off, man. There's people there every day looking for that. If you're at a paint store, leave your cards, leave your brochures there uh, because people will find you there. You will, you will have homeowners who will find you and you will have contractors looking for subcontractors who will find you there. So go do that. It's, it's money in your pocket. Social media. Now let's get to the one everybody wants to talk about. Social media is definitely um, a great way to grow your business, to reach people. Um, that's how I did a lot of my getting out uh, to homeowners, to consumers with my contracting business. Um, and basically I, I was broke, didn't have any money and it worked a whole lot like this. I would go um, show up at a job site with my cell phone and I'd say, hey, um, this, was, this is Caleb with Central Tennessee Fence Staining, which was the name of Stain and Sill Experts back before we were Stain and Sill Experts. Um, that's the old sign, that name was so long. Thought I was a genius having such a long name and such a big sign. Now we look more like this. But anyways, hey, this is Caleb with Stain and Seal Experts. Now I am the I'm the guy who's like the goldfish with the shark fin on his back. So I would say, hey, our team is here. We're gonna stain the fence. It's gonna look great. They're gonna do cedar tone color. Um, they're getting things prepped and ready to go. And I will come back and see you when the job's done. And then I turn my phone off. And then I go over to truck, I put on a suit, I put on a head sock, I put on gloves, I put on a respirator hat, I put on the whole nine yards and I go stain the fence and <clears throat> do the whole job, get it done. Then I would take my suit off. I would change clothes. I'd put on a different shirt. I would brush my hair, fix my hair, put on a hat. And then I'm here, here I am right back at it. I'd say, hey, here it is, Caleb of Stain and Seal Experts. Um, the job's done. It looks great. The guys are just packing up. They're headed off to another job, but I just wanted to take a minute and show you this, uh, show you this project. And I'd walk them around the backyard and tell them about the stain and zoom in and show them how you can see the wood grain. And that's what I did. I did it over and over and over and over um, until it started sticking. And, and that's what I did. That's how I started getting contracting work. And now um, if I go on a job, we really do have crews out there. And so I kind of told the truth in advance is the way I look at it. So don't be afraid if, if you're ugly, if you're, if you're fat, if you're skinny, if you don't have any teeth, it doesn't matter. Get your face on the camera and tell people what you're doing and, it, and people will come to you. You will become known to homeowners and they'll say, hey, I saw a guy staining fences on Facebook, look him up. It doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be real. So, and you can do these things on all the social media platforms. You can do it on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, et cetera. Um, but remember video is king. Most people don't read stuff anymore. Um, they're scrolling, they're scrolling, they're scrolling. So you just need to be doing something that shows them something that, that 
that catches their eye. And maybe just watching somebody staying in a fence might just catch their eye. So good idea to do that. Get, get yourself on these platforms. Um, and while we're talking about that, a lot of guys, they, they love our stains. They love other stains that whatever the, the one thing that I want you to focus on is don't, don't put the name of a stain company that you're buying stain from on the side of your truck. Um, it's okay to do it small, but you need to be who you are because that is your brand. And nobody's, nobody really, the consumers really don't care what stain you're using. They, they care that you know what you're doing and that you're using a good product. And that's really what they want to know. So my advice is put your logo on the side of your truck, on the side of your trailer and push yourself. If it's, if it's Stony Creek fence, if it's Mr. Fence, if it's stain man in Texas, if it's uh, Walt's fence staining in Texas, it, push waltz fence staining push stain man don't don't put uh don't worry about what stain you're using um you can use that again small so people it's kind of like you know you need to be your race car and you can have your endorsements on the side of it but the the, the number one thing on the side of that car is the number you know everybody knew dale earnhardt by the number three they didn't most people don't even know what was on the car they knew that number three was dale earnhardt so remember Focus on your own brand. That's the most important thing. That's what's going to put the most money in your family tree. So um, websites, landing page at a minimum or a website. You know, I say at a minimum, you don't even have to have a, a website anymore. Landing pages are really good. One page. Facebook is really good. A lot of people do those. And you can run. There's people that run successful businesses, um, largely successful businesses with minimal websites. Um, I recommend that you do get a website, but know that you can start a business and you can become very successful before you ever even get a website. So don't be the guy who says, well, I'm going to start staining when I get my website up, when I get my t-shirts, when I get my truck wrapped, when I get all the equipment, when I get this and when I get that, it, you're going to be like the people who get married when they have enough money and they can afford it. But they're, you know, the man's walking down the aisle with a, with a walker and the woman's hair's white. You don't want to be those people. Get in there and take action and get it done. Start staining fences today. Worry about your website later. Um, business directories like Google Maps, Google Business Listing, Yelp, Nextdoor, uh, House, all those things. You guys probably already know that. The number one thing you can do if you're interested in marketing is just study it. Study marketing, get better. Check out Joe Everest. He can talk about, um, uh, he's the fence expert. He can talk to you about video and how to be confident and how to do videos in the top five, top 10 videos you should make for your business. If you haven't done those, do it. Um, so that's it on marketing. We'd go deeper into marketing on the next one. Um, yeah, here, here's some, Dan says QR code. That must be Dan Bonk. Hope, hope it is Dan. I hope you're doing well. We, we went to digital. I left my wallet at home. Um, I would show I've got Dan's card in my wallet, but Dan puts a QR code on his, on his, uh, on his business card and you just hit it with your phone and all, all of their information is right in your phone. Um, if you don't know how to do that, hook up with the fence King, Dan down in, uh, Louisiana, he's got a TV show and a, or a Facebook show. It's called the Dan and Cannon show. So you should check that out. It's another guy you can, Oh, that's Dan Berkey. Anyways, Dan Berkey obviously doing the same thing that Dan uh, Dan Blanc's doing. So, anyways, let's move on to the riches 
are in the niches. Let's talk about the niches, guys. That's the one of the kind of the things I really wanted to talk about tonight was niching. And um, the reason I'm going into niches is because I want to talk about scaling, how to grow your business, how to take it up. So riches are in the niches or are they? And so here's what I mean. There are many niches. They all have pros and cons. And I'm going to talk about the are they, that question there on the end that I'm leaving you hanging with. We're going to talk about that in the next slide. Um, so I'm going to talk about uh, high-end fence and or deck restoration. That is a niche. So working the high-end jobs, the people who have the really nice fences and decks, the people when you drive through downtown Nashville and they got the wooden gate that must have cost a hundred thousand bucks. Um, that's high end. Uh, the people who have those two, three, four, five, 10, 20 million dollar houses, that's high end. Uh, that is a niche. You got to get there to get there. Usually sometimes you'll get lucky and snag one, but to, to do only those things, you've really got to focus on it. Um, and you could do even board replacement repairs, things like that in that, in that vertical space, low end fence or deck restoration. You know, sometimes grandma just can't afford what some other people can and she needs a contractor. And so maybe, maybe some of you guys want to take on some of the lower end projects. And when I say lower end, I just mean lower ticket price. It's not as expensive. Uh, maybe instead of, you know, you, you, you guys all know what I mean. Lower end fence deck and deck restoration. There are a lot of guys out there who are going out there and spraying bleach on decks and they're putting another coat of, you know, bare premium um, deck stain on it, solid color. And it's not something I would necessarily do but it's definitely something that people need to have done. They're getting it done. And so somebody's doing it. So that might be a niche for you to get into new fences, only new decks, only I love new fences. I absolutely love new fences. And I'll tell you why later new decks are great. Also screened in porches. There's companies that go and they build screened in porches and that's it. It's kind of like a deck, but it's got a screen all the way around it and it's got a screen under it. So bugs can't get in. They'll have TVs in there. They'll have vaulted ceilings with lights. They'll have fireplaces in there and they'll have rugs and they'll have couches and it's outside, but it's inside and they'll pay, you know, those are a pain in the neck to stain and seal, but they'll pay for it, you know? So that might be a niche. If you hooked up with some screen porch builders, maybe you would uh, get all their work. So log homes and cabins. This is a big one. Some guys have never even seen a log house in their market. And some guys are just covered up with log houses. So if you do log homes, you know, if you've got those in your market, there's a learning curve on these. You can do cabins like wood sided cabins pretty easy. Um, there's not a whole lot of a learning curve on those, but if you get into round home, real log cabins, there's a lot that goes into it. You sometimes there's blasting where you, where you blast the old finish off. There's, you could strip it. There's caulking it. If the, if the crack runs to the edge of the board, you got to caulk it. If the crack is a certain width, you got to put a rod in there, which is like a piece of foam rod, stuff that in, then caulk over it. Um, you know, there's there's different things you got to do. You got to sand and buff to make it look beautiful. You sometimes got to do high build finishes because they want that glossy look. How do you get the gloss? Uh, a lot of times you got to build it up. Um, you can stain the cabins. You can wash the cabins. There's a lot to that. Pergolas. We talked about pergolas earlier. 
You can stain them in the field, but also you can pre-stain those. There's guys who have three or four or five lumber packages show up to their shop every week of cedar uh, pergola kits, and they stain those things right there in their shop. They do it in the wintertime. They do it in the summer. And then the, the contractor comes and gets his pergolas, and they build them already stained. Uh, that's a pretty good idea. Patio covers. High-end backyard and outdoor kitchen areas, usually they're near pools. They make beautiful photos. You get you do three or four beautiful patio covers, and you've got a really nice uh, uh, portfolio to show and get a whole lot more of them. So don't be afraid of those patio covers. That's a great niche uh, to get in. I know guys, Walt, Walt's fence staining. It's Walt's fence staining, and he does fences, but he's 90% patio covers. He probably does more patio covers than anybody in the country. Gazebos. We don't have a lot of gazebos here. We got them close to the lake and you see them like at resorts and things. Um, but right there, I said resorts, um, property management companies hire, they, they, you know, resorts generally hire through property management companies. And if they get a lot of gazebos, you could just say, Hey, we do gazebos. We'll, we'll do every gazebo you can send us. And, um, I've been to some really nice, um, some really nice resorts that have wood everywhere so maybe maybe look into that um who stains them in your market look that up find it out shutters who builds shutters there's got to be a hundred guys throughout the country maybe a thousand that build shutters in their shop and they sell cedar or pine shutters every day of the week and they're not stained why don't you call those guys and say hey why don't we stain them for you why don't why don't we uh why don't we just come over and, and we just grab all your boards you, that you pre-cut or the shutters themselves. We come get a truckload of them. We stain them three different colors. We bring them back to you. Now you offer pre-stained shutters and he makes more money and you've, you've found work. You've, you've found a niche to get into. And maybe you, maybe you get to the point where you're staining shutters for seven shutter companies and you've got 14 employees staining shutters every day. You know, that is possible. And somebody's probably doing it. So keep going. And those are before they're installed. What about all the people who have shutters that are on their house that need staining right now? There's guys out there. That's all they do is they go, they knock on the door. They say, Hey, your shutters look like crap. We can fix it. Here's what it's going to cost. It's $50 a shutter. It's a hundred dollars a shutter, whatever their number is. They go, they take the shutter down, they sand it, they strip it. They do whatever they're going to do. They clean it and they restain it, put the shutter back up. And sometimes they do it with it on the house. Those guys get really good at getting in and out. And you talk about not a lot of stain. How much stain are you going to use to stain a couple of shutters? It's very little. Um, so that's a good niche to get into. Um, boat docks and railing. Are you near a waterway? Are you near the ocean? Are you near the swamp? You've got a pond, a bunch of people with that. Got, maybe you live in a place where everybody has a bass fishing pond in their backyard and they get a little dock on it. Um, you never know. Uh, you never know. So if there's if there's boat docks, railings, pond, uh, you know, th those things uh, near waterways, look it up, figure out what you got to do to stain them, figure out what you got to do to stay safe, figure out how you can get down there and do it. Find somebody that's doing it and learn from them. And that just might be your ticket for staining and sealing. Um, I tell you what, I would love to be doing docks. We don't have them here, but I'd love to do them because I feel like you could be fishing half the time. You could be a real good excuse to buy a boat, wouldn't it? And pre-staining. Is pre-stained lumber popular near you? It is gaining popularity here in Tennessee. We do pre-staining here. We offer that service. Um, 
And, and the cool thing about pre-staining, you've got a couple of ways you can do it. You can pre-stain your own fence boards that you own. You can buy fence boards and pre-stain them and then sell them. And then thirdly, you can just call everybody you know, all the fence companies in your market and say, hey, um, we pre-stain lumber and, and you build fence. How about we pre-stain all your lumber for you? And then you sell them pre-stained. Um, that's a great way. And you don't have to spend the money on the lumber. All you got to do is they bring you the wood. Uh, here's what I tell people locally. I say, hey, you bring me yellow wood and I'm going to send it back brown. And uh, it's a great way to look at it. That's a really good niche. Um, so here's the cool thing about this next slide that I'm going to go into. I'm going to talk about um, I'm going to talk about scalable now because a lot of you guys have been doing this and you want to figure out how to scale it. And I'm not uh, an expert at scaling businesses. We've done a pretty decent job scaling our business. Um, we've got 15 employees, 16 employees, but we're not huge. And there's guys that know better than me, but I'm going to teach you what I know about it. And the first thing I want you to think about is the guy who does all of these line items. He does high-end fencing and deck restoration. He does low-end fence and deck restoration. He does new fences. He does new decks. He does screen porches. He does log homes. He does cabins. He does pergolas. Or maybe he does something really, really, really extravagant, really tough, really hard jobs that you can charge a lot of money for, but you got to be there. So let's talk about am I scalable? I'm going to tell you a story I was once told about scaling, and this is a true story, and it's not really a story. It's just an experience. So um, a good friend of mine named Ruben has a friend who does about three million, two to three million dollars a year um, in he does outdoor kitchens, patio covers, pergolas, things like that. And every single one of the jobs that he does is out of this world. It's phenomenal unbelievable. And for the last 10 years, he cannot break past that two to $3 million mark. He's, he's just beating his head against the wall. He can't get past it. And he finally figured out that his projects are so extravagant and they're so complicated. He has to be on every job. There's not a job that they do where he's not there on the job site. And it, it's just, it, everything's different. Each project's its own thing. They're working with a different architect on each one. And they're, they're all unique in their own way. And he can't scale it. And he wants to scale it. If you don't want to scale it, that's fine. But the reason he can't scale it is because he's got to be on every job and every one is different. Every time they're doing one of these, it's, it's different. So Bruce Lee said, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks once, but I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. Everybody's heard that one. And uh, it relates to scaling your business too. A lot of guys get mad, especially the power wash guys. They say, how does the 99, what's up with the $99 guy? They keep scratching their head. How do, how do we beat the $99 guy? I mean, this guy, it's, it's got to be terrible work. And actually, some of the $99 guys are making more money than anybody because what they're doing is they found out that one thing that they do better than anybody else, faster than anybody else, and they can do it cheaper than anybody else. And at the end of the day, their bottom line is bigger than everybody else's because they're doing the one thing uh, over and over and over and over and over. And they can scale it because they can teach they can teach one guy to do it and he can teach two guys to do it. And then he can teach six guys to do it. And then he can teach 10. And before you know it, they got 10 trucks run 
$99 a pop for house washes and everybody's going, how, how can they do this? Uh, so scaling has got a lot to do with finding a process that you can repeat over and over and over again, and you can have new people do it over and over again. It's easy skill to teach. It's kind of like McDonald's. They do the same freaking hamburger over and over. You can't get a hot dog there. They do a hamburger. It's not the best hamburger in the world, but it's a hamburger and what they do. So uh, let's see here. What else? What else can we talk about on the scalable thing? So the five-step process, I'll talk about that one. So the deck medic, they do decks and they have a five-step process. And I used to ask Jeff, I said, why do you guys do the five-step process, which includes stripping on a new deck? He said, well, it's real simple. He said, I, I want to work. I, we got, we got 16 locations. So they got 20, 30, 40, 50 crews. Um, we want one process and that's a five-step process. Every job gets the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And every job gets the same thing over and over and over and over. If they're in Wisconsin, it gets the same thing. If they're in Georgia, same thing. If they're in California, same thing. And the reason is, is they can scale that. They can teach that process. Everybody knows it. So be keeping that in mind. So going back to the niches, that's why the niches work really well. Because if you find your niche, you can make a ton of money in your niche and you're doing the same thing over and over. It's the same equipment. You're not having to buy specialty equipment. You're not having to buy all of these other things. Um, so in the staining business, if you build fences, I recommend you stain fences and that's it. Stain as many fences as you can and get that low hanging fruit and go for it. Uh, I, you know, that's not to say that there's some guys that can spread out and do all kinds of crazy things and, and handle any project. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to scale, there's a certain, there's a, there's a tried and true method in the trades businesses that works for scaling your business. And generally it includes specializing in something. So um, hope that helps. Let's see here. Look at your business and find out what's scalable and what is not to, and make the necessary changes if you're ready to scale. So if you're a fence builder and so let me give you a story here. Prince's fences here in Nashville, you can buy one kind of fence from him. If it's wood fence, you get one fence. Um, I think maybe now he does two styles. I may be telling you wrong. I think he does a cap and trim fence and then a regular privacy fence. He doesn't do shadow boxes. He doesn't do vinyl fencing. He doesn't do all these other things. He does the one type of fence. And if you want a different kind of fence, I'm sorry, we don't build that kind of fence. What he figured out was he's an accountant and a CPA by trade before he started a fence company. What he found out was he knew his numbers. So he knew where he was making money. He knew where he was losing money. And what he did is he found out where he could scale. He found out where he was making his money and all the stuff where he was slow or losing money. He was doing less, um, less making less money per hour or, or just his guys were hating it and they didn't want to show up and come to work because they were going to have to build vinyl fence today. Uh, whatever the story was, he cut that stuff. That's the fat and he cut it. He got rid of it and he got lean and mean and he got determined and he found that one thing where he could make the most money at it. And he just did it over and 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 over. And that is the story of scaling your business. So um, 
I'm not saying that that's what you've got to do, but if you do that, it will make it easier to scale for sure. So that's it. We're about to go into our Q and A, um, but before we do, I'm going to talk just a minute about what we do and who we are. Um, I don't think it would be fair to myself and our company if we didn't. We got a lot of great people here, and they they you guys need to know what we do. So um, so we make fence and deck stains and sealers. We make uh, wood restoration products. Uh, what that means is stuff you can clean wood with. Uh, you can strip wood with it. You can brighten wood with it, the stuff that we make, and you can stain and seal wood with it. So stain and seal experts, stain and sealers are perfect for fencing, decking, siding, cabins, you name it. Uh, we, we offer it in transparent, semi-transparent, semi-solid, and even solid colors. Uh, we offer oil-based and water-based stains. Most of what we do right now is oil-based. We're adding on a new building, and once we do, we'll be able to hold a lot more inventory, and we'll be carrying a lot more water-based products that we make. We've, we're actually, we've got the raw materials, we've got the formulas, we've done it, it works. We're about to, to, to uh, knock a wall down and add on, and we'll have much more room to, to push the water base to you better. Um, all of our stains, oil or water base, are 50 state compliant. We can ship them anywhere in the United States. We ship them all over Canada. It is safe, um, and I'll get more into that in just a second. So stain and so expert stains contain 73% more pigment and 40% more oil than other stains. So a lot of guys ask me, they said, come on, man, be serious. Your stains, your stains don't contain 73% more pigment than, than most of your competitors do. And I say, you're right, they don't. It's more like 100 to 150% more pigment that we put in our stains. But 73% just really sounded good. And that is the truth. We, I didn't plan to make stain and sell it. I planned to make stain and put it on. So I wanted a stain that was going to last longer. It was going to look better. It's going to have more color. It's going to look more rich. It's going to make more grain pop and it would have zero odor. That was the biggest thing for me as a stain contractor. I would go home. I smelled like a paint factory. I smelled like paint thinner uh, because that's the main, one of the main ingredients in most oil-based stains. And I hated it. I would go home. I would take a shower. The stuff would run off of me. I would smell like stain. My truck, it was my personal truck back then that I stained out of. It smelled like stain. My clothes, she, my wife would wash them and they still smelled like stain. The washing machine smelled like stain. I couldn't get away from it. And as I started interviewing guys who were stain contractors trying to learn more, Everybody was telling me, oh, well, yeah, stained and I had diminished lung capacity or I know somebody who had brain cancer because they used to paint without a respirator, oil-based paints like they painted cars or people that were in the ink industry that worked with high VOC paints back in the day or, or high VOC inks or dyes they get kidney cancers. And this scared me to death. I thought, oh, no, I'm in the wrong business. Um, and so I decided to do something about it. I made stain. We figured out how to suspend pigments uh, without all these thinners. Um, so that was a cool part of it. It doesn't stink. Our oil-based stain, a lot of people smell it and they say there's no way that's oil-based, but it 100% is. And we've got 40% more oil than other stains because um, most stains have between 35 to 70% of their formula is VOC, which is paint thinner, mineral spirits, paint thinner. There's a few other solvents that they use. Um, those things evaporate. It's, so if you buy a five gallon bucket of stain uh, and it's 70% mineral spirits, when you spray it on the fence, 70% of that evaporates, it's gone. When you buy our stain, uh, it's 100% oil in there. 
So there's no solvent. We replaced all the solvents with oil, which conditions the wood, it nourishes the wood, it, it, it lays down cedar shakes. If you got cedar shakes that are warped up, it'll lay them down. It stops wood from warping and it doesn't smell. It doesn't have that awful smell. Uh, we have waterproofing ability. We have mildew and mold resistance. We have self-leveling. We've got all those great things. But the number one thing I keep coming back to is I can spray this stain. I don't got to worry about it killing me because we got rid of the VOC. So enough about that. If you want more information about our stains, uh, you know where to find us, realgoodstain.com. Let's talk about this free app. So we got an app and it's free. What can it do for you? So our app is basically, it's your in-field assistant, I guess you could say. So a lot of you new guys, you don't know how to figure out how much stain you need. You don't know how um, you don't, maybe you don't have a bidding software. And so we took care of that for you. So let's dig into it. Talk about what the app does. So when you're on the job, you need answers fast. And that's why we developed our stain and seal experts smartphone app. It's your infield assistance there for you, wherever you're working showcase, you can showcase value added products to your clients. So you can get on your phone. If you're in front of a client, you can Show them what you're working on. Uh, you can show them the measurements of the house. You can show them different upsells, different things like that. If you want to offer them fence armor, you can show them what it looks like. If you want to show them different stain colors, what it looks like. You can calculate how much stain is needed for any fence or deck in seconds. And there's two ways to do it. You can click on your yard and you can open up the map. You can do this thing here where you measure and it tells you how much fence you got, you can connect the dots, or you can just go straight in to the calculator and it will, you just put in your footage. So there's a couple things here that you can do that's really cool that no other app, no other stain calculator does. Um, you put in your linear feet, you put in, do you wanna stain both sides or only one side? Do you need to add a section? So maybe maybe three sides of the fence, you're standing both sides, but the right side that you're sharing with the neighbors, only one side. Uh, you can do that with this app. It's real easy. You can click the styles. Is it a dog ear? Is it a board on board? Is it shadow box? Is it cap top, cap and trim, picket fence, three rail, four rail, five rail fence? All of those are in there. Is it five foot tall? Is it six foot, four foot, seven foot, eight, eight and a half foot? However tall the fence is, you can do it. Now, here's a big one that you've never heard of, steel post. How many of you guys in Texas, Oklahoma City, have steel post on all your jobs? If you got steel post, it needs less stain. So click the button for steel post. Now, the age of the fence. Sometimes when you're staining fence, you're going to get a fence that is going to use 20 gallons of fence. And maybe it's 200 feet. You go do a job down the street, it's 200 feet also. And it used 22 gallons. And then you go down the street and do another 200 foot fence and it uses 16 gallons and you did them the same. What's happening? What's going on here? It's crazy. What's happening, right? So what's happening sometimes is a different species. Maybe it's pine or cedar, which you can select on, on the app. Is it cedar? Is it redwood? Is it spruce? Is it hemlock? Is it pressure treated pine? But also the age of the fence, a brand new fence, that wood grain still kind of closed up. It's not going to absorb as much stain. It will take stain, but not as much as a 10-year-old fence that's cedar. It's the grain is really open. It's very porous. 
the cedar fence is going to take more stain and the five-year-old fence is going to take more stain than the one-year-old fence. So all of those options are there. These are real world things that you see in the staining business and we've took care of it for you. Um, application type. Um, how are you putting it on? Are you putting it on with a sprayer? Are you brushing it? That makes a difference. Sprayer hose link. This is one. I don't know how some of these guys that do this stuff forgot this one, but the sprayer hose link. I've talked to dozens of guys who have gone to staining schools um, and didn't they didn't learn this and I don't I don't understand it. But if you're running a sprayer, every 50 feet of hose is about a half gallon of stain. So every hundred feet of hose is about a gallon of stain. So if you've got a 300 foot hose and you got a job that needs 20 gallons and you order four buckets of stain, you're going to run out of stain. Uh, you need enough stain to go through the hose also or you need to push it out with something else. So you can add in on the app, how many feet of hose are you running? 50 feet, 100 foot, 150, 200, all the way up to like three, three or 400 feet. So that's pretty cool. It does two things. Once you put all your information in, it's gonna calculate how much stain you need. And it's gonna say how many gallons. And it's also gonna say how many pails. So if you need 37 gallons, it's gonna say you need eight pails. Um, so it's going to make the math real, real simple. And here's the best part of this thing. I'm almost to the best part. Lastly, there's tips. It'll tell you for the fence you're doing, what size tip you need and what your moisture content should be, which those are great things. Most of you guys will learn that over time. It's great to have it there if you need it. But here's the coolest part. Down at the bottom, you're a contractor and you, you put your email address in here to prove your contractor. Um, I can't see the email address. It's Apple. Apple protects all of that. You guys know with the new Apple stuff, you can't see it. But just to get to this point, to unlock this in the app, you got to put in your email address and just say that you're a contractor. But there's a little wheel here you click. And what happens is you get this screen. And what this is, this is your pricing calculator. So this is going to give you the ability, if you go on a job site, um, you can put in your measurements or you can even do it with a customer over the phone. You can measure and if you put your pricing in for each one of these items that we went over, the different styles of fence, the different items on a deck, it's going gonna, it's gonna to calculate your price right there on the spot. So for, for me, for the fencing side, dog ear privacy, board on board, shadow box, cap top, and picket fence are all price per square foot. So you put in your price per square foot and boom, it's there. Every time you calculate stain, it's also going to give you your price per square foot to stain that fence. Three rail, four rail, and five rail, we do those by the linear foot. It's just easier that way. Um, so you put your price per foot in for those. Now, we haven't even gotten into the deck tool yet, but it's coming. So we're going to talk about the pricing. Price per square foot is right there. Price per step. How many steps does the deck have? Price, put your price in for that. Price per linear foot of railing. Put your price in for that. Price per, for, for support posts. Is it got a bunch of extra support posts? Is there skirting around the deck, lattice or boards wrapping around the bottom of the deck? The price per square foot is in there. So there's that. How cool is that? And this is all for free, guys. Uh, we built this app, again, pretty much for our in-house guys. But let's go over to the deck calculator. Same thing, square foot of deck, number of steps, the step width, how wide is the step, the railing length, how old is the deck, how are you going to put it on with a sprayer, with a roller, your hose lengths, and then you've got advanced options. 
here's one that nobody thinks of that we thought of. And I want to pat myself on the back for this or whoever, whoever's idea this was, um, was stain the underside. How many of you guys are getting quoting decks and they say, well, how much to stain the underside? Well, the underside has the floor and then it has both sides and the bottom of each rafter. It's three times as much square footage as the floor. And you need to charge accordingly for that because it's you're looking up, it's overhead work, it's coming down on you. So if you're doing the bottom side, you got to charge more. But here you go, stain the bottom side. It's on there. It's an option. Skirting is an option. Support post, how many of those do you need? And same thing, it's going to tell you your price for your customer. It's going to tell you how many gallons of stain you need, and it's going to tell you how many pails of stain you need. Um, there's guys that send us testimonials that say, this app allowed me to go from going and seeing people and then telling them, all right, I'm going to work up a quote and I'll send it over to you in a couple of days. It took them from there to showing up on the job site, getting a price immediately on the job, sealing the deal, getting a deposit check and going home with money in hand and a contract. Um, so it's important to have tools like this at your disposal so you can do those things. You need to be able to quote jobs quickly. If somebody calls you over the phone and says, hey, I want a price on my fence. I don't know how many feet it is. Um, can you come out and look at it? Maybe you're busy. Maybe you're an hour and a half away. Put in the address of the person say, well, hey, how about you just tell me what your address is and let's just have a look and get you a ballpark price. And this is Google imaging. So uh, if you go on here, it's accurate within six inches. So if you get a, a house, you can see the fence, you connect the dots, it's 186 feet. Boom, it told you immediately how much stain you needed and exactly what the price is. Mrs. Jones, it looks like your price for this project is gonna be for 168 feet is gonna be uh, $1,420. And we could start on it at the end of August. Would you like to go ahead and get this scheduled? Most of the time, that works. That's all it takes. So this app is a great tool and it's a confidence builder uh, because it's going to do the work for you. If you need help setting your pricing, if you need help figuring these things out, that's what the Staining University group is. You can find out what guys are doing similar to you in your market. And, and there you go. That's it. For those of you guys who don't have an Apple phone, because this is an iOS app, I apologize. Um, we don't have a, a uh, we don't have the Google phone app yet. We're working on it, but it's a whole different operating system. So that's coming soon. But for all you Apple users, you can use it on an Apple phone. You can use it on a iPad. You can use it on a MacBook. You can use it on an iMac. So any of those devices you can use it on. You could probably even download it on an iPod. If you had an old school iPod with uh, with Wi-Fi, you could you could get it on there. So. Um, Hopefully that thing will open the door to some of you guys to be able to um, do well with that app. But that's it, guys. That pretty much ends this episode, uh, this, this webinar. And I appreciate you guys. It looks like we held the entire audience the whole time here. So uh, I'm going to plug our stains one more time for those that are interested. Because at the end here, when I get to the end, we're going to give you guys an offer for those who don't know us. But as stain and seal experts, we design and test our products in the real world on the same fences, the same decks that you guys are working on every day. We're working on them too. Um, our products make a real impact with real easy application, providing real performance for a real good stain job. And what that means is our products make an impact to you, the contractor, because they're more eco-friendly, they're more health conscious to you, the installer, 
and the consumer. So you put it on, you got to go home to your family. You want to be safe. You don't want to be smelling like a paint factory and the customer, they're going to have a, a birthday party for their three-year-old and they're going to have 23-year-olds on the deck this weekend. They don't want to be breathing that crap either. So low VOC stain for the win. Um, easy application. What that means is our stains go on easy. You don't have to back brush. You don't have to worry about lap marks, runs, and drips on fencing, on decking. we got more color than most and simply you do have to back brush decks. Most of you guys know that, but that's just, that comes with the territory. You don't have gravity working on your side when you're staining a flat surface. Um, providing real performance. Our stains work. Um, they're proven to work. We use them in the field every day. We put our name behind it. We put a lifetime workmanship warranty on all the stain jobs that we do locally. And all the stains we make have a two or three year manufacturer's warranty on them. So we got you covered. Um, that's that's kind of it. And it makes for a real good stain job. So fence and deck stains, wood cleaners, strippers, brighteners. We do post saver sleeves, fence armor. We make degreasers. We have boxes of rags, paint brushes, fence paints, um, airless sprayer tips. We got all that stuff to support you guys. So uh, we do a lot of education things just like this. And um, we hope we I know that staining made a big impact on my life. And it, it was a good change for my family. And I think that it will be for you guys, too. And I want it to be. So that's why we're doing this. Uh, we do this this education stuff to help. And we ask that you support us by supporting our products. So if you want to be a dealer, uh, if you want to find a dealer, you can go to realgoodstain.com. There's a dealer list there. Uh, we're updating that right now. We're doing a whole new website. So there's some guys that aren't on the dealer list in a couple of weeks, the new website will go up and there everybody will be on it, but you can buy from all our dealers. If you got a dealer close by, please support them. Uh, we got Ozark fence. We got, um, Ozark Fence and Supply, Mr. Fence up in Indiana. We got uh, uh, Empire Fence over in uh, Nebraska. We got Fence Supply Online in Dallas. We got Ace Hardware throughout Texas. We got uh, Martin's Hardware and Lumber. Um, you name it, we got a lot. We got Hudson Fence Supply over in the Carolinas. We got Classic Stain and Steel. We got Chesterfield Fence and Deck in, uh, in Richmond. By the way, Staining University in Richmond, August 19th and 20th or 20, yeah, 19th and 20th. It's a free event. We're doing an in-person training uh, hosted by Chesterfield Fence. We got Heritage Fence uh, up in, in Pennsylvania. We got Kasurik Distributors that covers the whole Northeast up in Pennsylvania. We got Fence Armor that covers all of Canada. Uh, we got Ruben Borg Fence on the West Coast. Uh, we got them everywhere. So there's probably a dealer near you uh, and we're getting more and more every day. Uh, just picked up one in West Tennessee. Uh, so they're coming. If you don't have one near you, we will do our best to get one. Um, Lake Charles, Louisiana, we got a great dealer down there called Hercules Fence. Uh, they're all over. And um, so, but if, if you don't have a dealer near you, you can buy online, you can buy direct. And at the end of this, I'm going to give you guys a, a hookup to buy direct online. I'll show you how to do that. And I'm gonna give you away a free 25% uh, off of all your orders on our website, which is a huge, huge saving. It's like 50 bucks for a bucket of stain that you'll save off of the printed prices on the website. But you can order online. Uh, you can order direct by going to orders at stainandsealexperts.com. That orders email is checked religiously all throughout the day and orders ship the same day that they're received. All of our stains are in stock. We have 
thousands, thousands, literally thousands of buckets in stock, and they will ship the same day. Or you can call our office, 615-785-1861. And again, contractor pricing is available. And we do free shipping on stain. A lot of guys worry that they can't afford to have the stain shipped. We ship the stain for free. I want you to have the stain when you need it. We're going to ship it fast. We're going to ship it free. And uh, we got what you need, guys. So that's it. All orders received by 3 p.m. go out the same day. If you want to become a dealer, we're partnering with professionals to bring more value to our clients. We're looking for fence suppliers, lumber stores, power wash suppliers, paint stores, hardware stores to do more staining university events at and to become dealers also. Uh, we have dealer and distributor pricing available. Ask us at our phone number there or our email uh, if you want to learn more about that. And we'd love to come see you and talk to you about it. That is it. Staining 101. This version is over and I appreciate it. I'm going to change uh, my screen here. Don't leave yet because I'm about to show you the link to uh, to the uh, to the gift I've got you guys for staying it out for for uh, for waiting all this time here. So here we go. All right, here it is. Give me a thumbs up if you see a new screen here. Hopefully, you see a new screen. Um, but this is it. I want you guys to go to say thank you if you're new. I want to give you this right here. I just posted it in the chat box. It is webinar.staininguniversity.com forward slash deal. Basically, put your name, put your email address, put your phone number in here so we can call you if we need to and enter your business name. And this is going to send you automatically. It's going to send you a contractor code. It's automatically going to send you a repeat of this podcast. And this code is going to get you 25% off of stains. So if a bucket of deck stains 218 bucks, that, that discount is going to get it down to 163 with free shipping. Um, so probably the cheapest place you can get stain on the web that is low VOC, pure oil-based like what we make. So uh, it's important to me to get a really good quality product to you at a price you can afford and make money at. So really appreciate it if you guys would support us. Now let's do the Q&A. Who has questions? Let's see those hands. Uh, the first one I'm going to take, I got a question from Brett W. When appropriate, could you touch on how your stain is better or different than others like Ready Seal or perhaps a more comparable product like Timber Pro uh, UV wood coatings? Um, I'll be honest, I'm not familiar with Timber Pro UV. Um, I'm familiar with Timber Ox and Timber Pro, that, may, that might be the water base out of Portland, Oregon. Um, Timber Pro and Timber Ox are, are um, Timber Pro is a water-based stain. Timber Ox is a vegetable oil stain. Ready Seal, everybody knows what that is. Ready Seal is some of the nicest people on the planet. I love the guys at Ready Seal. Um, there's some guys in the staining industry that are not so nice, but the Ready Seal guys are fantastic. Um, and here's why. They make a good product. They make it in America. And when you meet these guys and talk to them, even as a competitor, they shake your hand, they talk to you, they, they, they wrap their arm around your shoulder. They give you advice on how to grow your brand. They're good people. Uh, our product is different from Ready Seal um, in the fact that we have, in my opinion, uh, and others too, we just put more pigment in there. It's, it's a more expensive stain. Um, Ready Seal is focused on a different part of the market than we are. And, uh, 
we just we just do things differently. We have a fence and a deck stain where they have one formula for both. And um, I got no gripes with Ready Seal. So um, our product, how it differs from most on the market overall, is we have zero added solvents um, with most of our products. We have a few of our semi-solid stains that do have some solvent in it. No way to get around it. Um, we just, we have more color, we have less VOC and we have more oil than most other brands. We have a ton of sealing sealer in there, sealing properties, and it just works really well. We don't have vegetable oils in our stains and sealers because vegetable oils are food for mildew and mold. And what ends up happening, you, you do a great job with a vegetable oil based, like a linseed oil stain and six months or a year down the road, you can get blackening, you can get mold and things to grow. Even if you put a preservative in there that is a mold inhibitor, six months to a year down the road, those things break down and you still get that, that black mold. And I just, I don't want that on my job sites. It's too humid in Tennessee. It's too humid in Georgia. It's too humid in Florida. It's too humid all over the place to have that in our products. So we just don't do it. Um, as far as, um, that's pretty much it. You know, we, we do, we do what we do because it works really well for our contractor business. And another reason we don't do the linseed oil is it's highly, highly uh, combustible. If you, if you have linseed oil on a rag and throw it on a deck, uh, wipe the deck down with linseed with a rag uh, and forget it in the sun, it will catch fire. Um, it's a big problem. So let's see what else. I have an application question about wood brightener. Could you give a quick overview on using it after stripping, cleaning under typical conditions? Thank you for hosting these. Yeah, glad, glad to, uh, glad to uh, help you with this, guys. So um, wood brightener is really simple. Anytime you use a wood cleaner, an oxidizing chemical like bleach, eco cleaner, wood cleaner, wood stripper, any of those things, sodium percarbonate, sodium metasilicate, sodium hydroxide, potassium hydroxide, any of those big fancy words, you got to neutralize it. If you don't neutralize it, it's going to keep working and it's going to later mess up your stain job because if you stain and it's still burning through your stain. Wood brightener neutralizes that. It stops the cleaning, it stops the stripping process, and it brightens the wood. And what I mean by that, if you put it on wood um, that has had a cleaner on it, it's gonna be dark. Uh, the wood's dark because the cleaners bring up uh, the tannins up out of the wood and the brightener just neutralizes that, makes it go away and it does a beautiful job. So if it's a pine deck that's old and you cleaned it, it's going to make the brightener is going to make it look yellow again. If it's a cedar deck, the brightener is going to make it look cedar color again, where bleach, you get this really bright uh, white bleach look. And with uh, you use some of these other cleaners and then you use oxalic acid to as a wood brightener, it gives it that natural look. So and when you finish the job and it dries, it's yellow or it's cedar pink color instead of bleach white and so it's just a higher end service it's easier to use and with the price of chemicals nowadays uh and and the availability of bleach and chlorine it's it's pretty much the same price to go with the higher end chemicals and you can't charge more for bleach you can definitely charge more for those those more eco-friendly chemicals and those chemicals that we make have color in them too so like here's wood cleaner um it's yellow. You put it in your sprayer, you know exactly what it is. Our eco cleaners green, our wood strippers red. Uh, so that's awesome. And yes, our wood brightener is 100% oxalic acid. No fillers, just 
just that's it. There's no fillers. Our oxalic acid is white. Um, so that's it. Can you repeat when you will be in Richmond, Virginia, John Willis, um, and the company that will host the event? Yeah, so I, I sure can. It is going to be in Richmond, Virginia at Chesterfield Fence and Supply. Chesterfield Fence and More actually is the name. And they're a great fence company, a growing fence company. They're one of our dealers over in Richmond. And so they're hosting the event. And we're coming in, we're doing staining university. We're going to do a, a bigger version of what we just did. We're going to stain some fences. We're going to clean some fences. We're going to probably stain a deck. It just depends on what we can get, uh, what we can get to do, but it's going to be real world stuff. We're doing a fence installation school. So Mr. Fence, uh, Sean King's coming in to do a fence installation school. We got Joe Everest, the fence expert, the guy who's always wearing orange from Ozark Fence, the YouTube star. He's coming in. He's going to do a big talk on videos and how to get videos in your business. Um, it's going to be real similar to what we do in Nashville here, just a slightly smaller version. Um, there's a sign up link on uh, the Staining University page, and there should be, if it's not live today, it will be tomorrow, a events tab on staininguniversity.com that you can find that event with the sign up sheet. You got to sign up. It's free. We never charge a dime for any of our events, but we do ask that you support the people, uh, the local businesses, the hotels, um, the restaurants. We ask that you support. If it's a dealer that's there and you want to buy stain, please buy the stain from them because they're, uh, they're doing it all for free also. So uh, yeah, it looks like events is live now on the website. So I got that typed in there. Um, let's see here, Google Docs. There is the form in the chat box right there. That's a big, huge, long URL, but click on it and that'll be the sign up for Virginia, for Richmond. Um, what other questions do you guys have? Let's see here, shipping wood restorations products. Yes, I believe it's $125 or more on the chemicals. If you buy fence stain, it always ships for free. If you buy the chemicals, um, 125 or more, it is free shipping. So I cannot thank you enough and God bless. Hey, thanks guys. I really appreciate it. Um, God's blessed us and I hope God blesses you guys. And, um, that's pretty much it. Let's see if anyone knows someone we should talk to for dealers. Yeah. So, um, great job and talking points. Certainly if you, if you want to talk dealers, you can call me. Um, I'm going to put my cell number in this box. I'm one of those company guys who does, does things differently than most. I'm going to put my cell phone. This is my personal cell number. Um, call me. I help guys out all the time. If you're on your first stain job and you don't know what the heck you're doing, call me and I will, I will take care of you and walk you through it. We'll FaceTime, we'll Facebook message, whatever. And I can tell you what you're doing wrong or right. There's my cell number. Um, when are you going to be in Springfield, Missouri? We're going to do Springfield, Missouri, either in October or November, and we're going to do Dallas, Texas in October or November. We're just, we're, which one is which we don't know. Um, so if somebody's having trouble with the deal link. Let's check that out. I'm going to drop that link in the box here. Make sure that works. Should do just fine there. I'll double check it on my screen. Make sure it works. Yeah, it's working on my end. So it should be good. Should be good to go. Um, link for Chesterfield University. Ashley's got that up. So that's it, guys. Um, tomorrow, we're going to be doing a company-wide uh, 
training and uh, just an all-around 4th of July bash. So if you're in Nashville, you want to stop by, come by after 11, 30, 12 o'clock. If not, um, and you call us, we will be shipping orders tomorrow, uh, but we will be closed for business other than that. So if you need something, call us, we'll be available. And uh, that's it, guys. If, if, this, if that's all the questions, I will close it and let you guys get back to your families. Thanks for watching. Um, if you need anything, you always know where to find us. We got a, not a 24 hour, but from Monday through Friday, uh, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. We got a tech line. So most stain companies, you call them, they have no clue what to do. You call us and somebody's going to tell you exactly what you need to do to uh, give you a, give you the advice you need, guys. So that number, I'll put it down here. Tech line. So 615-785-1861. If you need help staining fences, decks, stripping them, using chemicals or whatever, you got the university group. And then you also got that office number there you can call anytime. So usually Mandy answers the phone or Christy. And those girls know more about staining, stripping, uh, sealing, wood brightening. They know more than than uh, than I do. And so they can they can help you a whole lot with it. So thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I'm going to call it off. Stand by for um, um, your email because you will get a copy of this in your email probably within 24 hours for those that uh, couldn't stay for the whole time. So appreciate it and have a great night, guys.